This is the Casually Molly Podcast. in life if you look for it your privileges are handed out there's some just squander the wealth i'm talking about isn't dead press dough it's currency not gave from goals 200 dollars that if you space the wrong pace to chase past mediterranean the park place all clean see what i mean yeah it ain't really green our own trees are even in slot machines there's so many taken for granted examples of affluence usually s to the usual cut we used to look down our nose at nature's computers We ain't choose it, don't deny media lies We even pursue it, now don't take this verse is me attacking you, a lot of us just do what we feel we have to do Ain't nothing wrong chasing paper, but have an end goal Check your savings account, but then account for your soul Alright everybody, welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergy. The song that you just heard is called Better Sunrise. It is by Super Jazz from Same Difference Music and can be found on all streaming services. But enough about that for right now. We have our brand new guest here for season four. Please welcome up-and-coming comedian, Ronaldo Mercado. Hello. Yay. <laughs> I, uh, I told Ronaldo earlier, I'm very happy that you're here. Thank you for wanting to be on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten, well, you know what? This is going to be great because we didn't talk about this earlier. When when did we originally meet? When did this happen? Okay, so I did my, my first open mic was at the Funny Bone. And uh, Tommy Mosslander had brought me with him. And he was, like, basically touring me around to, like, everybody. Like, introducing <laughs> me. And, I, like, I remember he introduced me to uh, Meredith and Sam Lyons, who's already... Uh, and I, I thought they were, like, together. And I was like, oh, they're a nice couple. That's a cute, <laughs> cute baby that they have. I'm know? sure they probably have gotten that a lot, yeah. so. <laughs> uh, but I, I just, I wasn't, you know, I was just in, in my head a lot. And, yeah, he introduced me. You walked into the Westport. Yeah. In, into the little little spot there where they have the funny bone. And, yeah, that's where he introduced me to you. And I was like, uh, hey, what's up? Nice to meet you. I'm well, freaking out right now. <laughs> you were. Well, <laughs> that's what I really appreciate about you because you came in and you were so... Um, you were so humble to it. Was that your first open mic ever? Or? Ever, yeah. Oh, shut up. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Okay, we'll see. Well, to give, that was actually my first open mic at the Funny Bone. I had never uh-huh. been before. So I had never been to the sign-up, and Sam Lyons, who is a local comedian here in the St. Louis area, was like, hey, you've been going to Helium, you've been going to local shows, how come you haven't gone to the Funny Bone? I didn't even know it existed. So that night, I walked in, just probably as cold as you. So <laughs> yeah, like, I yeah. was like oh, hey, people. And, like, I knew everybody in there, but I wasn't aware of, like, how um, Scott ran the mic and, like, how things were done and how the list worked. So Yeah, at least you had, like, some of that comfortability of, like, knowing some people before you Mm -hmm. went in and, like, being in front of people alone, you know, naked by yourself. Oh, my God. But but see, you did such a good job. You know, Ronaldo, you were definitely – because didn't – were you on the list that night or when? Yeah, because it was my first time, so, you know, if it's your first time, they let you just go up. Yes. You were great. You came in – what I liked about you, a lot of times – and I – I hate to put in this stereotype, but I was actually just talking about it with a friend yesterday. Sometimes when you see first timers, they're really like ready to impress the audience. So they're like, all right, like 
my material. I'm so sorry. That was Jimmy Day, wow, my boyfriend and local comedian. So sorry unprofessional. About that. So unprofessional. <laughs> casually getting a text in the middle of this story. But uh, back to Ronaldo, the star of this podcast episode. I, uh, you know, they want to like show off and be like, all right, here's my material. Here's like, here's my name. Remember my name. Fuck if you don't know to say my name and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And what I loved about you was that you were like, you were definitely a little shy. But you came up with your notebook and you were like, hey, here's this joke. And if it like worked, you were like, all right, next joke. And <laughs> yeah. like, it was great. I was like, this is what being a first timer as comedy is all about. Like you could tell that you actually put effort into it, mm-hmm. which I've appreciated with you now. Well, this, this is what's kind of great. Ronaldo started out in the scene and now you're like hosting shows over at the Funny Bone, which is great. <laughs> yeah, Why yeah. don't you tell us about uh, how you started your first experience hosting at the Funny Bone? What was that like? Uh, so my first weekend was with Duke Taylor, mm-hmm. a local comedian. It was, it was actually his first headlining weekend. Oh, get out. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, which was really cool. Um, and it's, I think it's a little bit less pressure going into like with a local headliner than like a national touring headliner because like, I'd already met Duke kind of before, and I sort of, so I sort of and knew him. And he's great. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's really nice, too, and, and cool. And uh, I think he was, like, actually the one who told Matt, like, because me and him were in the contest together at the Helium, and he told Matt, the owner, like, they had a list of people, and they were like, who should we put in Duke? I think threw my name out there. Like, yeah, give him, give him a shot. So that was really cool. And, um, yeah, it, it, it was less pressure than, than like, you know, with a national touring headliner and, like, completely sold-out shows, like, all weekend long, you know? Because Duke doesn't necessarily have a bigger name, so he's not going to sell it out all weekend long. So it, it's a little bit less pressure like that. And he was super nice, uh, gave me notes throughout the week. Him and uh, Charlie Winfrey, they both gave me notes on my set and encouraged me a lot. So that was really cool. for my first experience absolutely no that that's fantastic I didn't even know that so congratulations on that Mm -hmm. and then on top of it how you know you were in the helium contest this year and you did pretty well how far did Mm -hmm. you get through into the contest I made it all the way to the finals so you exactly made all the way to the finals so this is what we were kind of talking our topic today is like kind of about casually starting out when you first started out in comedy how did you even get into it like you know you were in your early 20s you know, did you just kind of watch comedy? Did you see what what inspired you to kind of just pick up the notebook and go to that funny bone open mic? Right. Well, I think you know every comic it always starts out like you started watching comedy specials when you were really young. You know, like I would stay up like way too late to watch like all the dirty specials like with Gilbert Gottfried and like yeah, just like all that stuff. And then um, I remember I was like. Gabriel Iglesias's new special uh, "I'm Not Fat, I'm Fluffy" came out, <laughs> and that was one that like really resonated with me because he was like, you know, we're, I'm like we're both Mexican, like neither of us have a dad, and like I'd always been ashamed of that, you know, but he was like talking about it in front of people. I was like, oh, this is like a thing, like you know, I just felt I related to that, you know, and um, so that's whenever it started, and I was like, you know reciting bits from other people to like my friends and stuff you know and then um in high school I like I knew that like regular jobs weren't going to be for me and so I thought like maybe I wanted to be an actor or something and I, I did I did some plays and um you know and I was like I was good at that uh but I just didn't feel like that was me necessarily like I remember I was like I would hang out with like the other um like drama 
theater kids mm-hmm. and they were all cool you know we were all friends and like i liked hanging out with them but like they would want to uh like have bonfires and go through like <laughs> like all the musical soundtracks of different plays and stuff yes. and i was just like hey you guys ever heard of acid before like, <laughs> like i was just i don't know i was a degenerate in high school and i was like just a garbage person in high oh. school you know and um so that's where i was just like this that wasn't for me you know and i just sort of like drifted along after high school trying to figure out what it was and then i got really into podcasts and i was like at like 19 i was like i could like maybe do this and then i had heard somebody say like oh man if i started podcasts when i was like 20 years old i would have nothing to talk about and i was like yeah maybe i don't have anything to talk about like <laughs> I, I don't have any experiences or whatever but it's like i, I have some sort of experience mm-hmm. you know and uh I was like 20 years old and I was like not satisfied. I was like super overweight and, you know, partying all the time. And I was like, I, I got to find something. Like, I got to do something. And I was like, you know what? Like, I, I started losing weight and that's like sort of started to motivate everything else that I started to do. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to set a date. My 20th birthday was like, on that day, it ha- also happened to be the Funny Bone open mic. It's a Tuesday. It's my 20th birthday. This is my deadline. Like, this will make me actually do it. So for a few months, I s- sat down and, you know, was just writing and writing. And, uh, you know, Tommy Mosslander, mm-hmm. we went to school together. And he had already started before. And I was, and that was another thing. I was like, oh, anybody can do this, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I was like, oh, he's doing it. Like, yeah, I can, I can also do that too, you know. And so uh, he helped me through it and... We wrote together a lot, and like I said, I set that set that deadline for myself, and uh, yeah, we went went and did it. And clearly, it's turned out pretty well. So that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I'm really happy for you. I think that's really exciting. You know, um, I think it's great. You know, honestly, I I'm kind of happy in my personal opinion that I started out kind of later in comedy, just because when I was in my early 20s, you know, I was a theater major and I was mm-hmm. like producing plays and doing all. And at the time, that's what I, I, I loved doing because I was always writing. And I think that it was more of an escape for me to kind of put that out there. But it's funny you mentioned that because even as a theater major, I was never that person who had to listen to a whole soundtrack. Either. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I yeah. kind of felt like not to be like, because I hate the whole, I, I lack of a better word, like I hate being like, oh, it was edgy or something. Because it's like when you talk about edgy comics, like it's right. it's not the correct word to use at all. But anytime I wanted to like produce a show and whatnot, I always wanted to be different from like the normal of the grain of, that people usually want right. to do. And uh, I I understand because when I um, when I was doing acting, I never really felt like myself. So... But yeah. the best, the, the parts that I always loved were like the comedic roles. So I loved those. I was like, oh, comedic, funny, like five, five round. I was like, that's me. Like, yeah. I can do this. And I yeah. remember uh, we did like these, these teacher student meetings every semester. And everybody was like, what about like comedy? Like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you want to do that? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about stand up. I have no, right. and I, uh, I also was kind of in a relationship after college where my boyfriend was not very like encouraging about that. Mm-hmm. Not that I should have listened, but that's not an excuse at all. But I, I was at home in Cincinnati and I think I kind of talked about this on another podcast, but it's the same thing. You kind of watch, you're like, wow, like. There's people that are doing this. Why not try it? And exactly. it's just, it's amazing kind of like 
you set these deadlines for yourself and I you were like kind of a 20 trying to figure it out I was at 25 and I was mm-hmm. like ooh, all right I'm at a crossroads in my life like where do I go from here so I'm a I'm, I understand exactly how you feel, and I'm, I'm really happy that you decided to go out and do it, and now look at you. Yeah. But, I, I think yeah, like go ahead. At, the, at the younger thing, it's you, especially, I grew up in you know small town, and there's a lot of Yeah, this what small town are you from? Granite City, Illinois. Yeah, Represent. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, you see a lot of people that like get stuck in that small town mentality, you know, and they all like get jobs super young and lock them down and like are having kids super young like they're kids that are my age who are on like their second or third kid now, I know, you know? and mm-hmm. it's like that's that's not what I want to do like like that can't be me so I got to figure this out so I don't get stuck here you know oh. and I think that was definitely a, a big motivator I too. understand I I definitely understand how you feel because I everybody was getting married and like having houses and kids and stuff and I mm-hmm. just was like whoa I am like not ready for that point in my life yet it's just you know you have to do what you have to do to kind of fulfill yourself and make yourself happy which I think w- is very impressive for you not to keep saying like at such a young age you know look <laughs> at but it is I you know I was talking with you know and he won't mind me saying this but I was talking with Lance Kane because we were all on the same open mic list one night uh-huh. and then you were towards the end mm-hmm. I remember and I was just like you know sometimes I forget Ronaldo was 21 like <laughs> like I like and I I say that and like because I one of the things I love about what you do is you take kind of like, because you were, I mean, if you don't mind me talking about it, you were just talking about how like you were like, you know, I didn't have a dad and I, mm-hmm. I was kind of ashamed to be open with that. And I relate to you in a sense where even though, even though I had my father, my brother who was from a previous marriage, he always kind of had that same kind of stain and that stigma per se that mm-hmm. would come up. And, you know, you always are ashamed of talking about things like that because you don't want those things to be a reflection of you and who you are. Right. And I never really quite knew until I started doing comedy, like, I have a bit now about that and, you know, how that relates to me. And what I love about yours is you do that bit about how you met your dad for the first time. <laughs> yeah. And you put yourself on the wall and you're like, you know, 1998, <laughs> bird flu. I think, how did you come up with that? What um, what made that thought process come to mind? Well, you know, like every, a lot of comedians, they talk about trauma or just like personal things. It's mm-hmm. personal, you know, if you're more personal. It's your truth. Yeah, yeah. it's your truth. And then you can find a way to relate that to other people and someone else is going to relate to that. You know, like maybe there's somebody else who's like, you know, when I saw Gabriel, I was like, Oh, well, that's, you can talk about that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, not that, you know, I'm not on that level or whatever, but Oh, um, I didn't think that at all. In fact, I think it's great that you saw somebody in the industry that was an example to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean that particular part, you know, I was working on it and it wasn't exactly, where I wanted it to be and 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 the thing is whenever you are doing the like the stuff about like your traumatic things there's a line there you know and sometimes it's just like too sad and it's like yeah. nobody wants to like laugh at that they're just gonna go oh Jesus that's awful um and I was very much like on that level and I was you know working on it just kept hammering that bit to try to get it down in uh one night uh I'm gonna try to not do as many shout outs, but shout out to Chad Wallace. He uh <laughs> That's all right. We love Chad. Chad yeah. is a local comedian here as well and he hosts an open mic every Monday night at the Heavy Anchor, so you yeah. should go. So like, you know, Funny Bone was my first spot that I went to and like uh 
Heavy Anchor was like the second one, and those the you know I, I hit those every single week, and um, so I I go there every week, and Chad is, I call him the tag master because mm-hmm. he's just so good at like giving a tag for your whatever your joke you're working on is, and uh, I think I was just made like you know I was playing hide and seek for fifteen years or whatever, and he's like do like like accounting thing or whatever, and like I was like oh. Okay, and like I tried, I tried it out, and it like killed. It was it great. Was, yeah, it was yeah. like one of the strongest parts of the bit, and uh, just kept playing around with it. And um, you know, Rafe Williams also gave me a lot of advice with it, and yeah, that's just what helped it transform into what it is. It's fantastic. It's actually one of my favorite bits that you do. Like Thank I'm you. always just like every time you do it, I'm like, oh, this is my favorite part, <laughs> which sounds terrible because it's obviously about something dramatic, but I'm like. That's it. I love this. I'm here for this. Well, like, this you. is great. Oh, of course. Not a problem. I, uh, before we get into what we've casually streamed this week, and we'll, we'll keep talking about casually starting out in the industry here. Um, you know, you are younger in the industry, and you're working with a lot of people who are older than you that probably, you know, have, have seen you, and they're like, wow, like, you're kind of wise among your, your time, not to, mm-hmm. you know, put you in the hot seat here. Have you gotten, like, what's it like working with people who are older than you and you're trying to kind of relate to that being in your early 20s? Um, I think most of the time they think I am just, like, a, a dumb kid. And, I <laughs> and like, at least that's what it is in my head. That's what I think everyone thinks about me. They're just like, oh, it's just some fucking dumb kid, you know? And so I try to not be dumb kid all the time. And, like, I, it's just been like that, like, my whole life pretty much. I've always, like tried to be mature. I don't know. All my friends have always been older than me. Mm-hmm. Like, I've always hung out with older friend groups. And, like, even my mom would be, like, if I was trying to do something on my own, she's like, you know, you're you're 8, not 28, okay? And it's like, you know, whatever. Like, stuff like that. Um, but I, I I don't know. I, I, I feel like I get more leeway to ask, like, dumb questions sometimes. Yeah. And they're willing to help out. If I am asking dumb questions, um, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I, just trying to figure it out, just like sure. everybody else. You know, we're mm-hmm. all just trying to figure it out, and that's. I don't know. That's a really humble answer, and I really, I'm glad you answered it the way that you did because a lot of people, when they start out early in comedy, I was kind of talking about this with you a little bit before we started the podcast. Especially when they start out early, they're like, "Oh, you know, I'm gonna be just like this person. I'm gonna do this," but. I think it's great that you see, like, okay, we're all at the same, like, not the same level, I guess, per se, but, you know, we're all trying to figure it out, Mm -hmm. and what's kind of great about, at least, I don't know what everybody else's comedic scene is, but here in St. Louis, I feel like, you know, if you do a joke and somebody likes or you do a bit, and, you know, you have, like, somebody like Chad who comes up to you and, like, willingly wants to help and be like, here's a tag, like... The, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Scott James, he sat down with me and was like, you're going too quickly. Like, take these punctuations, take these pauses, which, like, is me as a person. I get it. Like, I'm like, boom, 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 done, down, duh. And then I did it the next day at Helium, and I was like, oh, I get it now. (laughs) Thanks, Scott. Like, like, I, so I I can relate to you, and I I appreciate you kind of just going into everything in the uh, comedy world with just an open mind. And you... You can clearly see, too, that you love it and you love what you're doing. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. This is why I always tell people, it's like, I don't have anything else. This is literally the only thing I have. I barely graduated high school. I'm like, 
I we don't go to college, you know. Like I would actually, it's weird. It's weird, man. When I was driving here, like I saw all the college kids walking around, and I was like, why did some of them look younger than me? Like a lot of them look younger than me. I'm like, what? That's gonna get worse as you get older. Like trust <sighs> me, I uh, I work <laughs> I work at a hotel by day that belongs to the university that you drove by, mm-hmm. and it's so weird when parents come in with kids and you're just like, oh my god, you're a freshman because you look like you're in the sixth grade. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. just so weird. Yeah, I would be starting my senior year of college. Like this would be my senior year right now if I uh, if I actually would have went. You know. And not failed summer school twice. Oh my gosh. No, here's the thing. You know, I, and I don't mean to, this is going to sound so cliche, but I feel like people are, people always have their own journey, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I did go to school, but I went for journalism and theater. And when I, when I got out of it, I still was so lost and I wasn't sure what I was going to do with myself. And that even came with having a college degree, you know, like, and like, who knew that like now I'd be sitting in the murder basement of the (laughs) Metropolitan with you, you know, like it just, everybody has their own story. You know, education is fine. And I'm not saying in any shape or form, if somebody is educated and you worked hard for what you want, no problem at all. However, I feel like, you know, there's plenty of people who haven't had, like, the normal, like, day-to-day college lifestyle who mm-hmm. fight for what they want and they succeed. I uh, So, I, you know, if you have that fight and you have that burning desire to do it, it's definitely coming out and it's showing. And I think what's kind of great about you, too, is that people see that and they see that fight because I think people take advantage of that sometimes, especially, like, you know, if you live in a place where you can get on the list every week or you are – you can get a little comfortable and I yeah. feel like it, it happens. It's, it's a natural, For it's a natural sure. thing. Like that's why I always am like trying to like come up with even I'm, I'm trying to keep the old stuff, but then, you know, you always have, that's why you have to keep hustling go to these open mics so you can work on that new mm-hmm. stuff. So that way you can fight for that top spot. Uh, but that's why I think that, you know, you obviously are very talented, but it's also great that you have that humility and that understanding to know that how comedy is so important to yeah. you. Versus some people I feel like don't. They just go up. They're like, I need the attention. 100%. I'm on the open mic. This is it. And like, sorry if that relates to you, but I, uh, whoever's listening. But no, that's why I personally get along with you really well because I can tell you really enjoy it. And that's the kind of people that I want to surround myself yeah. with. Yeah, sure. But speaking of surrounding myself with people, we're going to do our segment called Casually. What have you casually streamed this week? So Ronaldo... It doesn't have to be this week. It could be whenever. What have you been binge watching that you want to tell us about? So is this like stuff that I would like watch? Yeah. Stuff that I watch? Okay. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> or what have you been sitting on the couch watching that you just couldn't stray away from except when you went to our open mics? <laughs> okay. Um, oh, man. All right. So, all right. Can I do like a movie and a show? Yeah, okay, absolutely. So, so I just watched this movie called Room. I don't know if you've seen it. It's on Netflix. It's crazy it's um so like it's about this girl who was abducted when she was like 17 and she's been kept in this room it's like a padded room soundproof like with a combination like keypad lock and she's had she had a kid in that room from her captor and he's like five years old now and the only thing he knows is room and his whole world is relative to room he doesn't have like a world outside of room and uh it's an it's an amazing movie oh my god this sounds very deep it's it is it like really pulls on the heartstrings a couple times and you like you're rooting for him 100 percent and uh 
I don't want to really, you know, ruin anything, anything yeah. else. But that's, like, how it starts, and it snowballs from there. And it's fantastic. Um, really good. Room. Really Room. Good. All right. Yeah. So Room is the movie. Now, what is the show? Uh, my girlfriend and I just finished the last season of Handmaid's Tale. Oh, my God. I haven't uh, seen it yet. Oh, I know. Geez. That one. That one's really good. I don't know if, if anybody's heard about it yet or what, but, you know, it's... Uh, like uh, dystopian future pretty much where it's like essentially uh, 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 I don't want to say terrorist group what is that other the it's other like word? a They're like a really right wing yeah. group takes over the country pretty much mm-hmm. and uh, everything is based on their religion mm-hmm. and like you know the entire world population is falling and an extremist group, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go, an extremist group. I had to think of my vocabulary. <laughs> we had to be at the stores first time. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, and and um, yeah, their their whole focus is is religion and repopulating the earth because like women are becoming barren and can't have children, and the ones that can't have children, they become basically slaves. It's crazy. I know. children. Oh my god. It's, it's like it's... I've seen the first two seasons, and I I know I have to keep <sighs> watching it, but you know how like. For those of you who have watched The Handmaid's Tale, it's very, like, I feel like after, it's like an hour-long episode, so mm-hmm. I feel like I have to, like, sit and relax a minute <laughs> because <laughs> I have, like, It's I, like, <laughs> at the end, like, at some point in every episode, you're just, fuck. Yeah, that's how you feel every time, and then, like, yeah, the weirdest thing, I, again, I don't know what happened to her, but... If anybody's watched Gilmore Girls, Alexis Bledel is in it. She played Rory from Gilmore Girls. So I was okay. like, oh, there's people that pop up from the past that you notice in there. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, like one of the girl spies from the show Chuck, she's in that too. She's the main lady um, oh, with Alfred? the blonde hair. Yeah, okay. I think so. But it just, yeah, you just say fuck. I felt like I just said fuck after each one. I was like, fuck, fuck, <laughs> all right. I was like, I just need, like, I think I had, I think my friend had given me a, a bottle of bourbon for moving into my apartment, which was really nice of him. That but really I, nice. I was it's like, really that really is nice. really nice. I was like, thank you. And I remember I just kept like, poor, I was like, this seems really fancy of me right now. But like, if you watch The Handmaid's Tale, you do need some bourbon on the rocks oh, to yeah. kind of like diagnose this and margaret atwood is a great writer that's the lady that's, yeah that was one thing that i really noticed is the writing on it is fantastic isn't it's it great like, yeah, yeah it's it's a show that is very much just pushed by dialogue the entire yeah. thing like yeah it, it's like it's one that's kind of rough to watch late at night if you're tired because it is just like them that, talking back mm-hmm. and forth and you know you end up falling asleep at some point but like yeah, no, it was, it was fantastic. So we're waiting for the next season of that. Also waiting for the next season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, my God, I haven't seen... So Jimmy <sighs> just got Amazon Prime. So he, I, I, I have to start watching it because I haven't watched... I Everybody comes up to me and they're like, you have to see this show, especially if you're a female in comedy. Like, you have mm-hmm. to see this show. So it's about time, but I'll 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 eventually sit. And, like, yeah, we we that. binged that one as soon as I found out about it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's really good. Yeah, that's what I've been watching. That's what you've been watching. Well, last night I know this is like pretty recent, but I feel like this is relevant to what we're talking about. I uh, Jimmy and I just watched The Shape of Water. I don't know if you heard of that movie. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Oh, it's so he has direct TV, so he just tapes a bunch of crap, and then we're just like, "What are we gonna watch?" You know, well, this looks good. What's this? So I was like, "Oh, let's watch The Shape of Water" because I heard it's like an Oscar award-winning mm-hmm. movie or something. 
It's an interesting one. Like the so the premise of it is is that there's this lady. It takes place in like the early sixties. Um, she's mute. She her vocal box was ruined as a child, and so she can hear you, but she has to sign everything. And she works with uh, Octavia Spencer in a laboratory, and basically there's like this corrupt American soldiers that like runs the place it's like the armies and it's always the same thing it's like the americans versus the russians and they're like who's gonna have like because they were basically they were talking about like putting people into space that was like the big thing at the time Mm -hmm. so there was they're trying to show that comparison and uh they go to the amazon and they find the americans do and they find this man who's a man and a fish and so it's like it's so bizarre jimmy and i were like there were points where i just started laughing and like it's a good movie but you know when you're just like like jimmy's like oh my god stop laughing like i couldn't handle it like i was like what is wait this? wait he was like, a man and a fish or? oh yeah yeah he was a man fish what? yeah that's what i'm saying like so he's like in this and this this is not giving anything away because you see in the beginning of the movie but he's like in this like big tank and he like has eyes and stuff and everybody's like he's so beautiful and i'm like is he though <laughs> like, I, I don't know it's like people who have obsessions with mermaids it's yeah. like where, where is it she's half fish where I, you can't there's nothing you can me, do with it i was so confused it's <laughs> like like it was this here's the thing the directing was really well done the cinematography was very well done and the acting is really good in it so i can understand why it was up for an Oscar. However, if you're, it's a very strange plot line. Like, and sounds like it. Yeah, it's like this mute woman falls in love with this like man fish that's like misunderstood, and it's the whole a whole thing is just very. It's weird. It's like a ex machina where he falls in love with the AI, but they. Oh my god! Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever see the movie? Um, Oh gosh, I think it was called Her or something, and it was a wait where he falls in love with his phone. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like, like the a, earpiece or something, it's like and a he Spike talks Jones to Jones. Yes. Yeah, no, I never saw. That. Oh my god, that also. Well, speaking that was I streamed this last year, but um, I think it was either on Netflix or Hulu because they're the only ones I have. But I uh, I watched it and I. I understood what they were trying to do, but you know when you just get like a little disturbed, you're just like, oh, yeah, oh my god, like it's a weird feeling to watch like somebody fall in love with a robot, and then at the end they show that it's so super common and that people do this all the time, and you're like, whoa, okay, <laughs> like how do you get? To, uh, it's it's a very strange. Well, you can watch her too as well, but yeah, Shape of Water and her, those are the. To, I don't know, maybe I need to stop watching weird movies where people are falling in love with, like, <laughs> yeah. robots. I need to just watch, like, a normal, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. a normal movie. I think Jimmy put South Park on after that, and then I went to bed. But it was, uh, it was, it was definitely a weird one. But those are our recommendations or whatnot. So you liked what Ronaldo talked about and I talked about. Go ahead and stream it. Have a good time. Have some fun. But anyway, we're going to get back into comedy here. Again, sitting here with Ronaldo. Yeah, up-and-coming comedian. So you were just in the uh, St. Louis Fringe Festival, which, yes. yes, yeah, for those of you who don't know, the Fringe Festival, it's all over the world. It started off in Edinburgh, and it's basically, it was created for artists who were rebelling because they apparently, see, that's what's perfect about this, is that uh, they weren't real theaters, so then they ended up doing, you know, their own thing in these different festivals, and St. Louis, my friend actually founded it, and then... 
it's been around for quite a while now, about eight years. Mm-hmm. And this year I was really excited because there was a comedy showcase that yeah, they finally had in it. And I've been wanting, you know, we've had comedians. I know Stryker Spurlock was part of the Fringe Festival one year. Amy Milton was. I've done a show. It's a... Uh, and then finally we had like a real showcase with like local comedians here in the area mm-hmm. and you did very well. Yeah. I was really happy. What, how did you feel about that? What was that like? Um, it was really cool. I was, um, I don't know. I was, I, I guess I was like sort of concerned cause I know it's a very, uh, art. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if like some of my stuff, like, you know, I didn't know if they were going to just like feel bad for my jokes, you know, I feel bad for me, but they, uh, they were responsive, loved everything, and uh, got to work with, you know, the, the crew, the crew, mm-hmm. Rafe, Bobby, Tina, Libby, all, exactly. you know, all four of those, those guys, and that was, that was really cool, and I got to see uh, Chris Mohan. Yeah. And he's, he's very interesting, really good storyteller, um, and, uh, yeah, and then, you know, um, Aaron Porter and Charlie Myers. We were all the the up and coming ones. I, mm-hmm. I thought that was that was cool. They did like the uh, veteran comic and then newcomer veteran. I agree. Well, because it's nice to showcase too. It's great to obviously see because you know for those of you who don't know, Rafe, Bobby, Tina, and Libby are you know some of the best. Obviously, like and they're great people to learn from. That's why mm-hmm. I go to the improv open mic and I. I love Libby. She's always been really kind to me ever since I've met her. Like, those are people to learn from. But it's great to kind of see people who are on the radar who are working. Because I have not seen Charlie do a bunch of comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen Charlie a couple of times at Mike's. So it was great to see Charlie and the Element doing it, which was awesome. I've seen Aaron. Aaron's been on the podcast. So I, uh, but that's okay. awesome. What. What shows do you have like coming up maybe that you're looking forward to? Mm. Or maybe you can reflect on one that you enjoyed specifically that kind of like made you grow as a comedian. Uh, so, yeah, I guess there's a couple. Uh, like the comp- com- contest season, the helium contest, that one I think really just pushed me all the way 100%. Um, Cause you know, I, I feel like I was, I sort of went in there, like, you know, just, I was like, ah, this will be a really good experience, I'll get to do one good show in front of a great crowd, and I'll get a good video out of it, and I can, I can learn and work on it from there, but then, you know, I got pushed up, up, up through, through all the different rounds, you know, and, um, I, I, what I really liked about it, as, you know, especially starting out, you're really looking for respect from other people and like you know like your peers other yeah. comedians you know you want people to recognize you and go oh he's funny you know I want to have him on this on this or whatever or just like I, I enjoy him you know and I think that really got me a lot of respect and credit with other comedians in the scene and I agree that's that was really amazing um and getting getting to work with guys that are like way above my level and being like on the same round as them was just it was humbling. It was really humbling. It is yeah. really humbling. Well, yeah. it's kind of funny you bring this up because we had just talked about earlier when I first met Ronaldo. He was like, hi, I'm going to throw up. This is great. Like, literally, <laughs> like, I, you were, like, kind of, I we were, because were we in the same round? Or, like, I don't know what happened, but I remember you were near me. I was like, are you ready to go, Ronaldo? Are you going to be great? And you're like, 
yeah, I think I'm going to throw up right now. Like, literally, like, I was just like, Ronaldo, like, I feel like every time, like, I think that we all believe in you and you just kind of need to believe a little bit more in yourself, which, like, it's great. I never want you to change. I always want you to be this, like, humble person that always continues to grow. Mm. But it's just funny how, like, nervous you get because once you get on stage, like, no one would ever know except I just happened to be back there in the green room with you. And I was just like, hey, man. You good? Because you're kind of breathing a little heavy. <laughs> like, don't worry uh, about it. Like, because every time I'm just like, God, I hope they don't hate me. I hope they don't hate me. Oh my gosh, no! You know? If anything, it was such. Well, it was because Megan, your girlfriend, was in the mm-hmm. crowd. Hey, Megan, and uh, <laughs> it was great because she was right there with like I think her mom and then maybe some friends or whatever. And uh, it was great because I like basically kind of looked at them when I was doing my set. And then I was like, oh, this is going to be great because then Ronaldo gets out here. They'll be right there. He'll be calm. It'll be wonderful. And then, Ronaldo, you went out there and you killed it. Like, the room was roaring. And I was like, yay. Yeah, he didn't was... throw up and he killed it. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. yeah, it's surreal. And, like, those those situations in the big crowds like that and you're just so unsure. And then you do that first joke and you get that first laugh and you're just like, <laughs> this is why I went to all those open mics with four people or where I was talking yeah. to the back wall or just a bunch of comics or where I've just gone home upset at myself and like gone back and listened to sets and gone, fucking idiot, stupid, why'd you say that? Like, I, I just, it, it all pays off in, in those moments, you know? It totally does. Well, that's, you know, and speaking of Rafe Williams for, again, we talked about Rafe a few times on this podcast, but he is a, yeah, he's, he's a great comedian He runs the Improv Shop Open Mic with Bobby J. Cox on Mondays. What I love that he says in his speech every time he leads the Improv Shop Open Mic is he's just like, being a comedian is a great job, but it's also the hardest job. Mm -hmm. And it is because like, even last night, so for the Funny Bone last night, Mm -hmm. like I talked to our friend Lucas Hinderleiter. He came to the desk today and we were talking about that. And I was like, yeah, like this crowd was just I mean, they were there, Mm -hmm. and then they weren't participating, really, in anybody's sets. Like, they just kind of stared. It was was really rough. So, like, everybody was walking out, like, hating themselves. (laughs) Because, like, you know, and I I normally don't. Like, I'm like, oh, if I, like, bombed or something didn't go right, I don't care. But I was like, Jimmy, I'm kind of, like... I'm kind of sad right now. Like I, like I, I was like, I don't know what it is. I, I was like, I feel like a little, I feel yeah. like a little depressed. And you always get that little, that little bit inside of you. You're like, nah, I can turn them. They right. like me. And then it's like, yeah, just like everyone else. You exactly. Know? And, and exactly. Those are the times when you have to remember that like one set never ruined anyone. Exactly. Except for Kramer that one time. Oh, well, yeah. That <laughs> yeah, one, yeah. one time when Kramer went a little overboard. That yeah, did happen. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and those those are the motivating ones that make you go home and say, I never want that to happen again. So exactly. I'm going to write a tag for this or make the punchline better, switch a line around. Yeah. Try out something different, you know. Um, and, yeah, I mean, those, those, those definitely push you. Exactly. The most. But, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the helium contest, the, that one was really big. And then my second hosting weekend at the Funny Bone, that one, that was really cool. Uh, I, I got to open for Josh Wolf, mm-hmm. and those were all sold-out shows for an entire weekend, and those ones really showed, like, where I had holes in my game. Yeah. And where I was missing certain things. Sure. And, and which things weren't hitting, you know, and... um 
found like like a better closer like what I thought was my closer wasn't actually my closer but like I was actually doing my best joke right in the middle of my set and I was like oh I can switch those around and um getting to work with a like a professional like that and seeing him work and it, it was yeah that one was really amazing too good I'm so happy for you and what's great too is that like Again, this is why I love you, is that you're just like, you know, you could have been like, oh, my God, we sold out, we crushed, like, yeah, like, don't worry about <laughs> it, it's all right. I just did, I don't know what I just did just now, but I, uh, right. I literally, I that like. what it is, man. It's I just like. Stroking the ego. Exactly, but you were just talking about, you're like, oh, here's what I learned. I learned from here about the holes that I'm missing and this is happening, but it's great because that's what's going to, that's what's going to make you go and even further mm-hmm. in the long run. Um, what I want to ask you too, you know, we're talking about shows you've reflected on, shows you have uh, coming up. What what would you tell somebody who was kind of in your shoes when you came with Tommy to the Funny Bone with your notebook and all that? What would you tell them, you know, for somebody who's trying to start out in comedy? What would your advice be? Um, I uh, absorb as much of it as possible. Mm-hmm. Absorb everything, you know, like watch professional specials listen to as many podcasts about comedy as you can um like uh hot breath podcast with joel byers and uh let's talk about sets those two there were so many there's just like so many nuggets like and, and the thing is like you can absorb all these things but then you have to apply them exactly. also and some people get mad about like giving out like secrets or whatever but it's like anybody can listen to it but not everybody's going to apply it so applying all those things uh make sure you you know recording every single set and actually listening to them no matter how many times you go stupid fucking idiot why did you do that you know like there's no like i have so many just like probably look psychotic like scribbles like oh yeah pronunciate or know what you're talking about stop saying um just like in all caps boldly you know like those those are the things that i don't know i that helped me um that and being low-key i guess kind of when are you first starting out because like you want to be accepted you know like i said immediately whenever you come in but these some of these guys that have been doing it for six eight years even myself you know i've only been doing it for a little bit over a year you see so many people that just like come and go and like everybody's not sure is like oh is this guy serious he's actually gonna hang out we'll wait and see you know so like you want everyone to like you it's just like a human thing you know right and 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 you want to be accepted but uh don't get discouraged and uh, don't get discouraged by like any bad sets too. You know, there's there there's they're gonna happen, but come back, work on it while you're gone. Exactly. And come back and try again. And consistency, consistency is king too. That's what I've noticed is um, once I started going out more, that's when my comedy just like made leaps. Exactly. And and. and uh, yeah, I don't know. This is weird, guy. Because like, it's another thing. Like being the young guys, like I feel weird giving advice to people because it's like, what the fuck do I? Oh know? yeah, well that's you the know? thing, and that's okay. You know why I ask that too is that you know there are people who are your age that will probably come up to you and be like, hey, I'm 21, I want to do comedy, and it's like you know, I'm not saying that you necessarily have to like tell them what to do, but you know, it's kind of nice to actually have somebody who's you know been at least doing it for a year and being mm-hmm. like, hey. 
here's what happened. Like, here's what went down. So that way, if somebody's listening, they're like, oh, that kind of like relates to me, which is great. But I mean, that kind of helps me too. And I'm 28. So I, like, <laughs> yeah, sometimes real. I have to remember these things. And it's <laughs> nice to have somebody tell me and remind me. Yeah, so those are all the things that I, that have helped me, you know, and nobody's perfect. I'm not no. perfect. You know, I also say write as much as you can. Um, I say, actually, I say write every day, but I don't write every day, but I no. write as often as I can. Yeah, but even if it's one line, if you just like write one line a day, yeah. like, that's good. Think about your set every single day. That, that, that's, that helps too. If you're just like running through it in your head. I, I have a, a custodian job. So yeah. it's like eight hours a day where I'm not really talking to very many people. So like, I'm just in my head a lot so I can go over my set a lot. And I also have time to listen to all those podcasts and stuff. Exactly. So. That's that's been a big help too. So you're using your time wisely, yeah. which is great. One hundred percent. I do. I I, I I fuck off on that clock so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, so I you know I'll pull out my notebook and I'll start making notes in my notebook and writing stuff. You know. Oh yeah, I keep my notebook. So I uh I I work at a desk obviously. So I have to like I'll keep it in the drawer and then I'll like something will happen. I'll be like, ooh, let me just write this down. And it's not a whole bit. Like some people, I. Uh, I always tell people like, and it's weird. See, and I run a podcast, and it's still like weird. Me be like, this is what I tell people. It's fine, but I always am like, less is more. Like sometimes people think like all the time, especially when they first go into comedy, they're like, oh my god, like this person's a headliner. They had forty five minutes. This is what I need to like be at. But sometimes just having one line yeah. can like open up so many doors just for any bits that you have, and it just it's amazing what that can even turn into. So I'm so happy that you know that. Yeah, just for being sure. a year in. That's it was awesome. uh, Ian Edwards. He said that he just he tries to write one line a day at mm-hmm. least. Like if you're able to get one line, that's 365 lines at the yeah. end of the year. You know, and that's that's it's something. You know, and you uh, man going to like open mics. You know, you feel bad. Especially if it's like all comics, you feel bad going back up there and doing the same shit that you did last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you feel the pressure to like have a whole brand new four minutes, but like it's not, it's not necessary, you know, just as long as you're and, and comparing yourself to other people. I do that a lot too. And that's something you have to like, you can't, like you said, everybody's on their own journey. Right? Yeah. You know, so you can't. You can't compare to other people. You just oh, have absolutely. to. You can, you can compare yourself to how you were yesterday. Sure. And improve from that. That was know? very deep. You can compare <laughs> yeah. to yourself you were yesterday, yeah. but then, then you can just move forward. Yeah. There you go, yeah. Ronaldo. See? Yeah. Here you are. He's like, I'm just like a dumb kid. I barely graduated high school. Like, you just have, you know what? Maybe you just weren't, you know, meant for algebra 13. But right. you know what? <laughs> Neither was I. I had to take picture math in college. So they were like, one, <laughs> one credit. And I got a B plus in picture math. So nice. I, I tried. I tried. It was, it, it was very hard, but it wasn't, wasn't my best class. Let me tell you what. Well, oh, before we get into our next segment, do you have any shows coming up that you want to share with us? Um, it's book, okay if you don't. Book me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, what do I have? I think, uh, oh, uh, when is this? This is coming out Sunday, right? Yeah. Uh, go back in the past and come to Apotheosis on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to be with Apotheosis yeah, with maybe. Tom Brown. Yeah, Tom yeah. Brown runs that over at Apotheosis Comic Book Shop. That would be very exciting. Even you if I'm not there, still go because yeah. that place is cool and Absolutely. Tom's cool. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not into comic books, but I think it's a cool place. See, and that's the thing. I Well, it's so great. Again, this is what happens is like, you know, 
Tom's always been great. He's always hired me. And then I've gotten to host a show three times. So, like, it's mm-hmm. it's amazing, like, when you just become friendly with people and put yourself out there, how these things Dude, kind of happen. That's yeah. another thing. Hanging out. Always always mm-hmm. hanging out. That really helps a lot, too. Exactly. Uh, um, yeah. Apotheosis this Saturday. Um, oh, I'll be at um, the, the Casino Queen all week helping out the World Series of Comedy guys. Great. I uh, signed up as a volunteer. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so yeah. I'll, be, uh, I'll be helping out. There, um, come see shows, 101 comedians in like 18, 17 shows or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. there's plenty of chances to at least just go see one show. Please do. Come see you... the Tuesday night show because that's the one I'm on at 10 o'clock at night. Oh, you're on yeah. it? Oh, awesome. Congrats. <laughs> I, uh, Signed I d- up. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't have a good video at the time, so I didn't sign up. Well, so I'm not on the 101, but what you do is like, when you sign up for like the World Series or whatever, then they're mm-hmm. like, they send you this email. It's kind of great though, but they're <laughs> like, they're like, so you weren't on the 101? No problem. Sign up for one of the shows. So like, there's a late show on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and uh, Jason, Joe, Brian Valencia, Jamie Ward, they like, they're really great. They they're are. like, go ahead and sign up. And I was like, you know what? I I want to do this. And so I was like, the Tuesday show is great. And they had so many people sign up for the late shows on Tuesdays and Thursday that they made a Wednesday show out of it. Nice. But I'm uh, I'm really pumped to be doing that, which is good. But yeah, I'll probably see you at some point, hopefully. Okay, so yeah. no, please come really on Tuesday. Cool. Definitely <laughs> come out, watch a show, and then uh, lose all your money at blackjack afterwards. Absolutely. I've never been to the Casino Queen. It looks pretty cool, though. It's actually uh, not that bad. They uh, they do five dollar tables of blackjack instead of ten dollars. So if you're a broke baller. Like myself, <laughs> you, can, you can play even longer. Oh my god, fun. I'm a terrible gambler, so I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't do very well. Yeah, so. uh, those all the slot machines and stuff are garbage, but I like blackjack. It's oh fun. my gosh, yeah. Game. See, and if you have a good hand at it, sounds good to me. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> well, go support Ronaldo on yeah. any of his journeys. And where can we find you? Can we find you on Instagram, whatever? Um, Facebook? Yeah, my Instagram and Twitter are at Rick Steele. With an E and underscore at the end. Ooh. I was, uh, I'm part of that generation of kids that got social media in like fourth or fifth grade. So I was like, oh man, what's a good porn name? That'll be my <laughs> name. <laughs> and so I went with Rick Steele. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Ronaldo Mercado on Facebook. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Oh, and October 15th, I'll be at, uh, uh, the craft beer cellar in Clayton for hosting loggers and laughs open mic. See, look at this guy booking shows, taking names, volunteering his time. Sounds like a plan. To I'll me. host everything, like... bridal parties, showers. See, there you, <laughs> there you go. Did you do windows too? Let's see. There we go. I always people all the time are like, "Do you do windows?" And I'm like, "What does that even mean?" What does that mean? Exactly. It's like some kind of phrase that like old timey people use. It's very weird. So oh, it's always like, when you're promoting yourself. They're yeah, like, they're like, "And do you do windows too?" I'm, I'm like, "Listen, know. I'm like, here's my business card." Bye. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally said one time, like, "Fuck you." So for those of you who know that phrase, you'll get what I'm talking about. That's funny. Well, I, uh, it's weird. I, uh, so what we do at the end of every episode is we talk about what we've casually given up on during the week. It's a great improv exercise if you ever want to try it you know, with whoever at some point. Or you can try it with us right now. Just turn on your timer and then just ad-lib through this. But uh, we hit the timer, and it can be, Ronaldo, you can give up on laundry, cooking, cleaning, all those things, life. It doesn't really matter. 
And then uh, we just go on and just bitch about it for four minutes. It's going to be great. Cool. Are you ready? Uh, I never took improv classes, but I think so. That's all right. I'm not officially an improv artist either, but I just do it throughout my life. It's great. Yeah. See, we got this. It's going to be awesome. All right. So I have given up on cleaning. I, uh, <laughs> I, I Speaking of that, I, want, I say this all the time, but... I I still have like laundry to fold. My kitchen sink has dishes in it, and I still have to take out stuff from the dishwasher. It's just a mess, and I uh, I was just like, oh my god, it just looks so unpresentable right now. But it's fine. My sheets are still in the dryer. No big I deal. Know. I have a mountain of clothes on a chair in our room that's just like <laughs> we keep doing the laundry, but we never want to fold it, and we don't have anywhere to hang it up, so we just have drawers. And I feel you. I feel you on that one. Yeah. Um, I uh, casually given up on uh, uh, drugs and liquor all month. Oh, that's nice though. How's that been going? Awful. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's not bad. It's um, it's uh, you know, trains your your brain. You know, it, it sometimes you wonder if you have like a dependency on things, and so you're like, I, I can do a month without it, and yeah, I, I can do a month without it. It's not that bad, but um. I'm very excited to like I was at the craft beer cellar last night and I was just surrounded by walls of delicious beer and I, I know. love I've I been love there. beer so much isn't it amazing Yeah it's like it's all, it's everywhere you're uh, just like oh <laughs> I've never understood like what triggered means until that very moment and I, I was know. like oh man but um yeah doing that this month Oh sounds fun I uh, I probably should be giving up on those things <laughs> I haven't yet but who knows next month could be the month um I have given up on having any money in my bank account I literally <laughs> like I well I was like looking at they I got a notification from US Bank and they were like your bank account is low and I was like really <laughs> I'm glad funny. I don't get notifications like that oh my I would god. get them every week oh my god like well so I set them up specifically so that way I could just be like on the ball but I just had to like pay things this week and then of course like I'm gonna get paid on Friday and that's gonna go to my rent so I'm just like I'm just gonna be poor it's fine <laughs> just broke it's always a good time always a good time being me and then I've just like uh, I've given up on uh getting to work on time I'm always like five minutes late or like six minutes late or like 10 minutes late like I'm never just like there at seven o'clock but it's really hard to get up and get to work at seven every day yes, but it is. you do it but you know luckily I, I work for a, a good place and they're uh, pretty flexible and give me the opportunity to go and pursue all these things that I want to do cool. so yeah you know. I'm in that same boat exactly do, especially when you're doing like mic super late at night and then you got to be at work at 7 a.m. <sighs> yeah, yeah. And I got you know I live across the river too so I have to drive a half hour so I had to wake I up know. even earlier to get there yeah it's just it's just like like I uh I'm doing a movie, but we'll talk about that in a second. But a, I know, super, super fancy. And we filmed from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Friday night. And then I had to go to work at 7. So I got, like, maybe three or four hours of sleep tops. And so everybody's like, you look like a zombie. Are you? Are you good? Grind, grind. I was like, just crying. It's fine. Yeah, just crying. It's, awesome. it's all good. <laughs> like, don't mind me. But we're grinding. We're hustling. Damn right. Um, I know. Let's see here. What's our time? Right, 41 seconds, Ronaldo. I've uh, casually given up on social media, which in hindsight is probably a bad idea if you're a comedian that's trying to get your name out there. <laughs> <clears throat> but that's just uh, for this month. But it's nice. I, I like it. I you, like Sometimes I'll get home, and me and Max Price were talking about this. Uh, I, I, Yay, Max. Like, yeah, Max. We uh, love Max. Another comedian. But um, I'll have like an idea. 
in my head and I'm like, oh, I really want to like write about this or write it down. And then I'll just like, I'll start scrolling through social media and I, like everything that I thought of is just like gone. All yeah. that creativity. Is that how it happens? Gone. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I, I, I really have a problem with it. So I took this month off, but I think I might just like not have it on my phone and just use it whenever I need to use it. Absolutely. I mean, it, and that's the thing. I, I have things on my phone, but it's more for like, like I started my, well, we'll talk about this too, the Casually Molly Instagram account. Ooh. So I have to, I know, super fancy. You're on it. So there you go. Yay. It's like, you're the, it's a brand new account. So like it has like 17 followers, but it's great. Megan follows it. So oh, it's your awesome. girlfriend follows it. And it's hilarious because your photo is the second photo on it because you're the upcoming <laughs> right. guest on there. And I can't share it. I know. It's, you know, <laughs> but it's all right. You know, Megan liked it. She shared it. All good. That's good. Well, Ronaldo, I really appreciate you, you know, coming in and talking with me. Please go ahead and support Ronaldo, even though he uh, is giving up on social media right now. You should probably follow him. So that way you can be updated on all the things that Ronaldo Mercado is doing. Uh, for the Casually Molly podcast, please go ahead and casually subscribe. We are on Spotify, Podbean, your Apple podcast app, Google Play. I mean, anything that you could possibly, iTunes, you could possibly stream on, you'll probably find us. Again, like I was mentioning with Ronaldo, we do have a new official Instagram account. Just follow us at the Casually Molly podcast. A couple of shows that I have coming up this week, as I mentioned earlier, there is a 10 p.m. show with the uh, World Series of Comedy that'll be at Casino Queen. Uh, if you want to use my code to get tickets for it, you can just do laugh-ma. Very exciting stuff. On Thursday, I will be with local comedians Kate Barton and Libby Higgins over at the Happiest Happy Hour show. Oh, yeah, very exciting fun. stuff on the 26th. At the Dots Act, which for those of you who live in St. Louis, Missouri, that will be located in Grand Center. And happy hour will start at 4. The show starts at 6. And the admission is free. So you should come, Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Come, It'll be fun. Good time. Sponsored by Midcoast Media. And we are live radio. And then the movie I was talking about on the 27th, that goes the 25th through the 27th. But if you want to see me, uh, <laughs> which is obviously the most important <laughs> The movie will be playing. It's called Uncensored the Stage. It will be at the Chase Park Plaza, which is inside the Chase Park Plaza Hotel. Uh, the movie will start between 6 and 8 p.m. You can look for tickets on eventbrite.com, and you can just enter the title Uncensored the Stage, or feel free to actually slide into my DMs on Instagram. That's the only time I will ever say that, because I can also <laughs> sell you tickets as well. What's kind of great is that I will be headlining the event with a stand-up set along with Danny Lydia and Jamel Jones, which are two local comedians here. Yeah. But uh, that's all the time, again, we have for today. Please, again, remember to casually stream, subscribe, review, and support Ronaldo Mercado and upcoming comedians. Yay! Yay. Well, do you have anything fun you're doing now? Fun? Yeah. Right now? Yeah, after I'm gonna this. I'm going to go get a slice at Pizza Hut. All right. We're going to go to Pizza Hut, everybody. Go Have a good day. Hut. Bye. <laughs>